Welcome to EM Guidewire, brought to you by the emergency medicine residents and faculty at Carolina's Medical Center in Charlotte, North Carolina. EM Cardiology by Dr. Littman. Welcome to this week's Cardiology Core Concepts for Emergency Medicine Physicians, brought to you by the EM Guidewire team from the Carolinas Medical Center EM Group. Today we have a big group of residents, so let's go around the table really quick for introductions. I'm Joanna Kreefel. I'm Jeremy Driscoll. I'm Nikki Richardson. And of course, the star of our show, Dr. Lippman. This week's installment is sponsored by The Flu Shot. 100% effective, 30% of the time, The Flu Shot. Now let's get on with the show. Today we're going to be discussing the management of wide complex tachycardia in the emergency department, part two of a three-part series. In our previous discussion with Dr. Lippman, we discussed the approach to the conscious, stable patient with regular wide complex tachycardia. Now we're going to address the patient with irregular wide complex tachycardia. Dr. Lippman, how is the differential different here? In the patient with irregular wide complex tachycardia, rather than 80% of it being VTAC, here you are going to have 90% with AFib. But why is it wide? Why are the curious complexes wide? The goal is to distinguish AFib with bundle branch block versus AFib with WPW. What tools do you have for us to distinguish these? AFib with bundle branch block is going to have a ventricular rate of about 120 to 160. And the morphology of the curious complexes will still be consistent with right bundle branch block or left bundle branch block. In AFib with WPW, the ventricular rate is usually much faster, and the curious morphology is much more bizarre. How do you explain this? Well, the atrial rate is very fast in WPW, and most impulses go through an accessory pathway rather than the AV node. Accessory pathways are usually extremely poor filters. However, some may still slip through the AV node and produce more narrow curious complexes. The ventricle may also be activated by both channels, the AV node and the accessory pathway, causing fusion beats. You mentioned AFib with bundle branch block earlier. Wouldn't this appear similar? Yes, of course. The majority of irregular wide complex tachy is actually AFib with bundle branch block. Remember, the ventricular rate in these cases will not be excessive, and the curious morphology will still be consistent with right bundle branch block or left bundle branch block. And of course, you can try to compare with an old EKG in science rhythm if available. In AFib with WPW, sometimes I have difficulty picking up the subtle irregularities to be able to distinguish from ventricular tachycardia. Is there anything that can help me distinguish between these two? Yes. Don't forget, the faster the ventricular rate, the less irregularity you can expect. Use a caliper. But also remember, this is going to be very fast with occasional narrow beats, no P-waves before the narrow beats, and it will not fit a bundle branch block pattern. The curious morphology will be bizarre as it usually is in regular wide complex tachycardia that is VTAC. It's just irregular now. Also, the patients are typically young with no structural heart disease. They are not going to walk in and tell you they have WPW. In many patients, this is their first arrhythmia, and because they are young and healthy, they never had an EKG done before. This is very important because AFib with WPW is a potentially life-threatening condition and may require catheter ablation. Some rules from our previous discussion apply for VTAC, but here it will only be 10%. Remember to consider VTAC if the patient has structural heart disease. The ventricular rate, although irregular, but is relatively slower if you see dissociated P-waves or if the curious morphology is bizarre. How are we treating the conscious patient with a regular Y-complex tachycardia? If the patient has atrial fibrillation with bundle branch block, use the things that you would usually use, intravenous diltiazem, bolus, and drip. If it's atrial fibrillation with WPW, 
the most important element is not to use things that can harm the patient. And this includes diltiazem, intravenous beta blocker, even IV adenosine. If you thought it was VTAC, you're going to probably use intravenous amiodarone that can also kill the patient. The first-line treatment for the stable patient with AFib and WPW is intravenous procainamide. What happens if I'm wrong? If the patient has WPW and you use digoxin, diltiazem, beta blocker, you may send them into ventricular fibrillation, a potential lethal outcome, which is why it becomes so important to be able to distinguish these conditions. So, in summary, in irregular wide complex tachycardia, 90% of these will be atrial fibrillation. The trick is distinguishing between atrial fibrillation with a bundle branch block and atrial fibrillation with WPW. In atrial fibrillation with a bundle branch block, the morphology of the QRS complex will be consistent with either a right or left bundle branch block, and the rate will be reasonable, around 120 to 160. These patients can be treated with your typical atrial fibrillation drugs, IV diltiazem, digoxin, beta blockers, or amiodarone. In those patients with atrial fibrillation with WPW, the rate will be very fast, and the QRS morphology will be bizarre. Fast, broad, irregular. Those patients can be treated with IV procanamide and IV ibutilide. The challenge is that the AFib with WPW patients cannot be treated with IV verapamil, diltiazem, digoxin, adenosine, or amiodarone. These drugs might kill the patient with AFib with WPW. So it's really important to recognize this rhythm and not treat with these drugs. All right. Thanks, Dr. Lippman. In our next segment, we'll be talking about the unstable patient with wide complex tachycardia. Thanks for listening to EM Guidewire. Go! Be awesome today. CMC out. Gravity. 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 <laughs> Gravity. <laughs>